Good morning. Good to see you all here this morning. We're continuing our series, The Pursuit of Rest. And as we've seen from the very beginning in Genesis 1, God created us with this rhythm of rest and work. And as Pastor Brandon said last week, we like the idea of rest. But God's gift of rest is in the Sabbath. And we have mixed feelings about that. We think about, when we think about the Sabbath, we think about the Ten Commandments and the law. And we think about the restrictions and the things we should do or what should we not do. And we can think about Sabbath as restricting, as boring, as impossible. But today I want to challenge you to think about Sabbath as a delight and a joy. We'll spend most of our time, our main scripture today is in Mark 2, but I want to start with this passage in Isaiah 58 verses 13 and 14. It says, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. And those were God's word of promise to Israel, calling them back to return to obedience to him. And Sabbath was meant to be a day unto the Lord. That's a phrase I'll use because that's how I think of it. It's a day to honor God and to delight in his good gift. But if you're anything like me, you notice those ifs, the conditions. But the gist of what God is saying here is that if you call the Sabbath a delight, then you will find your joy in the Lord. If you call the Sabbath a delight, then you will find joy could that be true for us today? Yes, it is. We can think of the Sabbath as a delight. When I go to Atlanta and I play with my three-year-old granddaughter, we spend a lot of time in their long basement playroom. It's a long carpeted room, and what she most loves to do is just to run back and forth. And of course, she wants me to run with her or jog alongside her. And initially, I tried to get her to do it by herself. But one day I counted the steps, and it's 30 steps if you do a lap around the basement, and I realized if I do this 100 times a day, which is not out of the ordinary, I'd be running 3,000 steps. And that's good for me, right? That's healthy, that's a benefit. So now I do it happily. I delight in running around the playroom, and we pretend we're flying, we pretend we're swimming, we stop and play with toys, and then we get up and run some more. And it's a delight because it's spending time with her. It makes her happy. And I get my steps in. And I can choose how to think about it and what attitude to have. My seven-year-old grandson, Grayson, likes to play football. So guess what? <laughs> I play football with him out in the front yard. And I don't really like football. I especially don't like playing in the front yard because you know everybody can see us and <laughs> see me drop the ball or fall. But I love it because Gray loves it. And we have fun, it makes him happy. It would make him a lot happier if I could do the things he tells me to do, but it makes him reasonably happy. He actually thinks that I can throw the ball while he's running and get it right into his arms. He also thinks, and he tells me to, to shift and to fake him out so he doesn't get me, and he thinks I can do that without falling down. And I've asked my small group to pray for me, so I don't hurt myself. 
but it's a delight, right? Because really, it's just playing with my grandkids. And I don't really like running or playing football in themselves, but they're both a delight, and they bring me joy. And we can think, we can choose how we think about things. And when I think about it as playing with my grandkids, it makes me happy. And I think that if you will give Sabbath a try, if you will think of it as a delight, you will find that not only does it make God happy, but that it will bring you joy as well. Scripture says, if you call the Sabbath a delight, then you will find your joy in the Lord. Wayne Muller, in his book on the Sabbath, puts it this way. Our willingness to rest depends on what we believe we will find there. So what do you believe you will find if you rest on a Sabbath day? I think the first thing you really have to believe is that God is joyful. That God is joyful and wants us to experience joy in him. And that might not be your picture of God. But in order to want to rest, we really have to wrestle with how we view God. And if you view God as angry and punishing and cold and distant, it might be hard to want to rest, to think of finding joy. But God is joyful and wants us to experience joy in him. Yes, he is, he is holy and powerful, and he hates sin, and he's angry at injustice and evil. Yes, God is serious, and he means business with us, but he is also love and grace and compassion and goodness. When God describes himself in the Old Testament, he self-identifies in saying this, the Lord, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in love. That's how God describes himself and how he wants us to relate to him. He is love, grace, compassion. And believing that rest is a good gift from God means that you have to really believe that God fundamentally is good and gives good gifts, that he is loving and gracious. And we see his joy over and over in scripture. We see it in the Psalms. For example, in Psalm 1611, it says, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. And many of the Psalms call us to joy in the Lord. In Luke 2.10, when the angel comes to announce the birth of Jesus, the angel says, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And Jesus brings great joy. And he talked about joy in John 15 when he teaches the disciples about the vine and the branches and our relationship. And depending on him, he says in John 15, 11, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy might be complete. God is joyful. And our relationship to him is meant to bring us joy. And that might be something you need to think about and to wrestle with about who God is and how you see him. But think about this. God created grandchildren. He created puppies. He created laughter and pleasure. He created your brain to release dopamine and oxytocin, those chemicals that make you feel good when you get a hug or you eat a strawberry croissant or you do something like find the perfect shoes online. 
And those are all things you can do on the Sabbath. Enjoy people, good food, and fun activities. God is joyful and created you to have joy. He created you with the capacity for joy. And the ultimate experience of joy is when we feel that life is as it should be, when we stop striving, stop stressing, and we experience joy and delight when we're living as God created us to live, with Sabbath rest. Our willingness to rest depends on what we believe we will find there. And God is joyful and wants us to experience joy with him. I think it would be helpful for you to hear about how we do Sabbath, how I do Sabbath, as long as you don't think this is the way to do it. Don't try to imitate me, and especially don't judge me. Last week, Pastor Brandon talked about his great Sabbath afternoons, mountain biking and swimming and eating with the family. And that sounds like a lot of fun, but it also really sounds tiring to me. <laughs> My Sabbaths aren't anything like that. They're much more subdued and ordinary. And that's fine, because we're all different, and we'll all experience Sabbath in different ways. But most of, for most of you, it makes sense, and it's easiest to do your Sabbath on, my, on Sundays, to start the day with worship and community, and then to take the day off from work, and to do things you enjoy on Sundays. But because church is my work, I kind of start Sabbath Sunday afternoons and take the day off Monday, and somewhere in there is my Sabbath day. However, I don't always think of it as Sabbath. Sometimes I just forget. And I think of Mondays as a day off. But that's not how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a day into the Lord, a day to not work, not just a day off. But it doesn't always happen perfectly for me, and that's okay. I don't really stress about it. But on Mondays, the main thing I do, or don't do, is I don't work on the sermons, I don't study, I don't work on church ministries or projects. For me, it's challenging because sometimes I feel like I might get behind and not get things done. But it also means trusting God that he will get done, that he will help me get done the things I need to do, that he will provide during the rest of the week if I take that break. And he always does. But Sabbath is for doing the activity, activities and hobbies and things we enjoy. So on Mondays, sometimes I go to the beach or somewhere pretty to walk and enjoy. Sometimes I just sit and waste time staring off into space and thinking about stuff. I read and quilt a lot, and that might sound like work to you, but those are things I love to do. I don't read anything churchy or theological on Monday. I lie on the sofa and snuggle under a warm blanket and I read fiction, novels, trashy magazines, fun stuff. <laughs> I listen to entertaining podcasts while I quilt, and I enjoy the beauty of the fabrics, and I feel joy and satisfaction and rest. But Sabbath is also for enjoying the people we love. And I used to try to keep my schedule clear because I thought Sabbath was for solitude and just for spending time with God. But I've since found that Sabbath is supposed to be communal with people. So now I... Since I live alone, I get together with people. I have lunches, I schedule meetings, I counsel, I serve, I have dinners with people because people bring joy to our lives. And I also, on Mondays, go shopping and run errands and do household chores. 
And this is where I wonder about the line between day off and Sabbath. Because those are things we do on our day off. But I don't really enjoy running errands or doing laundry, so should I avoid that on the Sabbath? My rationale is that I feel really good when I get it done. So that brings me joy. But strictly speaking, we should probably try to get those things done before the Sabbath so we don't have to think about them. But I don't really stress about that. If I see that the floor is dirty and it's bugging me, I will just vacuum and get it done. And I let myself rest, not worry about it, not guilt myself unnecessarily, not stress about it, and just get those things done and enjoy the day. And as you can see, my Sabbath practice is far from perfect, and yours will be too. Don't focus on the challenges. Don't stress over the detail, details. Just think about the things you enjoy. Try to find the things you enjoy. Spend time with the people you enjoy. And stop working. Relax. Enjoy the good gift of Sabbath. And ask God to guide you, to provide for you, to show you how your Sabbath can work. But I think this is what's hard for us when we think about Sabbath. What are we supposed to do? And what are we supposed to not do? And we can get bogged down in thinking about the rules and restrictions and think about Sabbath as rules and restrictions because sometimes that's how it's presented to us. We see that in scripture. And Jesus faced this in his encounters with the religious leaders. When Jesus came on the scene in the New Testament, Sabbath had become a lot of rules and regulations. It wasn't just that fourth commandment. The religious leaders had added hundreds of rules and restrictions about what they could and could not do. And it had become a burden. It had lost any semblance of the good gift God intended it to be. So in Mark 2, Jesus confronts this idea. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Mark 2. We're going to read verses starting in verse 23. Mark 2, 23. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus gives an Old Testament illustration, and then he says in verse 27, he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. See, the disciples were hungry and they were picking grain. This was something that was normal. That's what people did when they were hungry and they were walking through the fields. It was allowed, it was lawful, except on the Sabbath, it was one of those rules, the extra rules that the religious leaders had added. And it was considered harvesting grain. It was considered unlawful on the Sabbath. But Jesus wasn't having any of that. Jesus honored the Sabbath, but he pushed back against all those extra rules and restrictions. He said, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And Jesus was bringing the people back to God's original intent for Sabbath, that it was for us, that it was a gift, that it was to provide rest and restoration. Sabbath is for us. And then right after proclaiming himself Lord of the Sabbath, Jesus healed a man on the Sabbath. And we're meant to see Jesus demonstrating that he is Lord of the Sabbath as he provokes another confrontation with the Pharisees. And going on in Mark 3, and remember that the chapter divisions 
are added later. So originally when scripture's written, chapter two goes right into chapter three. There's no division there. So right after Jesus says he's Lord of the Sabbath, it goes on. Another time Jesus went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. And Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. And Jesus asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained silent. And he looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts and said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. Jesus asked a rhetorical question here in verse four, and he was angered at their unwillingness to acknowledge God's intent for the Sabbath. Sabbath rest was meant to benefit people, to do good, to heal, to save, to restore life. And Jesus demonstrated this by healing on the Sabbath over and over. And we can delight in Sabbath because it's for us. It's a gift. It brings rest and restoration. When we pursue Sabbath rest, we stop working. We stop striving to achieve, rushing to get things done. We interrupt our drivenness to enjoy the things we enjoy. We stop, rest, delight, and allow God's healing hand to work in us. And in Sabbath rest, Jesus can bring healing and wholeness to our weary souls. Jesus offers rest. We saw that a couple weeks ago in Matthew 11. And an interesting thing here is that in the Gospel of Mark, which is the shortest and most concise of the Gospels, he doesn't have that invitation to rest. And that's in Matthew 11. Pastor Eric talked about this invitation a couple weeks ago. And it says in Matthew 11:28, 28, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And then I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And then right after that, in the next verse, in chapter 12, it says, At that time Jesus went through the grain fields, the disciples were hungry. And it goes on to tell these same stories, that Jesus proclaimed himself Lord of the Sabbath, and then healed the man with the shriveled hand. And in Matthew's account, we're meant to see that all of these events go together. We're meant to see that Jesus' offer of rest for your weary, burdened soul is fully realized in the Sabbath and in Jesus' healing. And this is significant. When Jesus invites the weary and burdened to receive rest for their weary souls, it's more than physical rest, right? We saw that it's Rest for your soul, for your heart, your mind, your thoughts, your feelings, your, your insides and outsides. And the way we receive that healing for our souls that Jesus offered is in the practice of Sabbath rest. It's in the healing that Jesus brings through the Sabbath. And this is the joy and delight of Sabbath rest. Jesus offers rest for your soul, healing and wholeness for your whole self. Do you believe that? That's the second thing I think you really need to believe in order to want Sabbath rest. That Sabbath is more than a day off. It's a day for God to bring healing to your whole self. And that's a delight. 
It's more than a day off from work. And when I think of the Sabbath day as just a day to run errands and do chores and to get things done, I miss out. It is restful. It's nice to have a day off. But it doesn't restore my weary soul. That only happens when I see it as a day unto the Lord and delight in Sabbath rest. See, what I most need to stop doing on my Sabbath is to stop worrying, to stop feeling the burden of ministry and family and people and life. And on Monday mornings, what I most need is to rest my thoughts and my feelings. My job is not physically taxing. I don't need physical rest, and I'm not physically tired. But when I'm weary and burdened, it's internal, mental, emotional. And that's true for many of you, too. And especially for those of you who are not working and are retired, you might think that all of this Sabbath stuff doesn't apply to you. But it does, because your mind and heart need Sabbath rest, too. Many of you, young and old, working people and retired people, you get caught up in those worry spirals. Anxiety, anger, control, wanting to control the things that happen, and you think that's normal. It's just the normal way of life. But it's not, and you build up stress about your family, your health, your anxieties, the news, regrets about the past, worries about the future, anger at people who don't do what they're supposed to do. And even when you're not working, you need a day to rest from that too, to stop, to stop striving and to take a Sabbath rest and just find joy in the day. And Jesus offers rest for you, for your soul, healing and wholeness for your whole self. So on most Sabbath Mondays, I try to have some kind of open-ended reflection time for God to work in me because I need time for all those things to come to the surface and into the light of Jesus. Sometimes I read scripture and reflect and pray. Sometimes I just sit and stare off into space and think about stuff. Sometimes I journal, and I love journaling because I have a happy planner journal and cute stickers, and it is so fun. <coughs> you crafty women, you, it makes journaling fun. But sometimes I light a candle and use a prompt or listen to worship music or sit in the garden. Sometimes I walk and let my mind wander and just think about things and ask God what to do. You might do it differently on a run, on a mountain bike, on a surfboard, or just spending time with family and friends, enjoying the day. A few weeks ago, my Monday Sabbath started with worry about a situation. I was kind of hyper aware of what I was doing because I knew I was going to be doing the sermon. But that Monday morning, I wasn't sure about this situation and if I should do something about it or just let it play out by itself. I was also feeling a little bit of guilt because maybe something I had said had added and made the situation worse. So I was feeling all this uncertainty and indecision and a little bit of shame and regret and not sure what to do. And, just sitting with God, with my journal open, thinking about it, turning it over in my mind, wondering what to do, and I really just wanted to let it go and not think about it anymore. And so what I do when I don't want to think about it anymore is I picked up my phone and started scrolling through things. I started scrolling through my emails and I saw one with the subject line that said, feeling stressed? Try this calming journaling exercise. And I knew the group it was from, I knew it was legit and it would be good, so I thought I'd try it. 
on an ordinary day, work day, I would have just skipped it. But because it was Sabbath and I was spending this day into the Lord, I thought I'd try it. And I logged on, and in the intro, the teacher said, we're going to explore how our internal narratives affect our ability to be grounded in who we are. We want to be God's love in the world, and yet we are so often so hard on ourselves. And that spoke to me. It was exactly what I needed. So I did the rest of the journaling exercise, exploring my own internal narratives about this situation. It was kind of like God had sent me this email. But the teaching went on to list some false beliefs we carry that interfere with our wellness. And I'll just share a few of them with you because it might be helpful to you. But these are false beliefs. If I perform well enough, I can change things. If I let go of control, something bad will happen. It's all up to me, always. If something's wrong, it's my fault, always. And I thought about those for a while. And I saw my own controlling, codependent tendencies, and I realized I was overthinking the situation, trying to control that I could trust God, I could trust the people that were involved, I really didn't need to do anything. And I prayed about it and then didn't think about it, enjoyed the rest of the day. And it was rest for my soul, interrupting my normal thought patterns. Because normally I might have perseverated in this and worried about it for days and days because that's my normal default pattern. It's how my parents were, plagued by insecurity and worry and fear, thinking about regrets in the past, trying to control things in the future. And I know that's my default. It's my natural tendency. But over time, I've experienced some freedom from that and healing and wholeness to live differently from what I saw in my family. And Sabbath rest is one of the ways that I am set free from those internal narratives. Taking time out from work and giving God time to break in, to interrupt what I'm thinking and feeling brings healing. Sabbath is one of the spiritual practices that make room for the spirit to work in us and to change us in ways we cannot change ourselves. We make space for him. And Jesus brings rest for our whole, whole selves, healing and wholeness for our weary souls. And Sabbath rest is a delight because we interrupt our busy, driven, striving, stressing, achieving week. And for one day, we interrupt the internal narrative of worry or anger or anxiety just to find joy, to enjoy the things we love. We take a, a break from the work week and disrupt the normal flow of thoughts and the lifestyle that feeds our weariness. And this is what can happen on Sundays for you. Sometimes you just come to church because you're supposed to. It's a routine or a habit. But if you call the Sabbath a delight, and you come in faith expecting to meet God, allowing God into this day to be Lord of your Sabbath, you listen to the worship music, and you sing, and your mood changes as you praise God. You listen to the word, and you feel God's unfailing love and faithfulness as he moves you forward. You serve, and you use your gifts, and you feel God's delight and the delight of the people you serve. 
and you meet with friends who care about you in the sweet fellowship of coffee and snacks. And coming to church can be just duty and routine, or it can be the start of your Sabbath day, your day unto the Lord, a delight and a joy. For one day you rest, you delight, you stop working, and you do the things you enjoy, spend time with the people you enjoy. You go home and find joy, maybe spending time with God, maybe spending time with people, but enjoying the things you enjoy. And over time, that freedom brings healing as the Spirit works in you week after week to change the things you cannot change in yourself. Our willingness to rest depends on what we believe we will find there. And here's what you will find. As you come to God, as you delight in Sabbath, as you make time for the things that bring you joy, God will do that. God is joyful and wants you to experience joy in him. And he offers rest for your soul, healing and wholeness for your whole self. Make room for that. Ask God to help you to figure out how to do it. Maybe it's just making time to think about this time, this time at church differently. Or maybe it's to go home, to think about it some more, or to do things that you enjoy. But try it. Think about Sabbath as a delight and find that joy in the Lord. Let's pray.